Welcome to the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. I am David Lindsay, co-founder, lead educator, and speaker at Phenom Leap Education. At Phenom Leap Education, we believe people have so much more inside of them than they realize. And through our services, we help them become the best versions of themselves possible. Beyond the individual, we also believe that company culture is such a large part in creating a business that not only survives, but will thrive through the tough times as we have all been through the last few years. So over the next 20 to 30 minutes, we'll be shining a spotlight on businesses that have achieved this and how you may be able to incorporate some of their ideas and philosophies into your business. Stick around until the end and I'll reveal how you can become a guest on a future podcast. Now is the time to sit back, take down some notes and enjoy this episode of the Dynamic Company Culture Spotlight Podcast. In today's episode, we have the CEO of Greener Processes Systems Incorporated, speaker, coach, and author of the book, Leader of the Pack. Instead of me introducing Matt Sweetwood, Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, about your background, and your book? My favorite topic, all of them. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, David. My pleasure. I'm I'm very shy, actually. I don't I don't really like to talk about myself too much. I mean, so I. <laughs> but you make an exception today. I'm going to make an exception just for you. Thank I mean, you got you. those boxing gloves. I don't want to get punched or anything like <laughs> that. Maybe maybe I do want to get punched. I don't know. All right, that's a different story. Yeah. Um, so let me start with my current current place in life. So. I'm right now existing in South Florida in the United States and uh, my company Greener Process Systems, we have technology, ready for this, which captures the emissions of ocean going ships while they're in port. Port pollution, air pollution from ships in port is one if not the biggest contributor to pollution in nearby cities. It's a worldwide problem that has grown exponentially with the advent of shipping across the world, you know, think Amazon, how much stuff comes in by freighter all over the world. If you've ever seen the pictures, for example, from Long Beach, California, the city's just covered in smoke. They call it the diesel death zone. This problem exists worldwide, catastrophic mm. problem. We have essentially the first solution for this and we're gonna be installing systems. So greener process systems may be the next big, next big thing. Um, me personally, I, I made my way into this company in kind of an unusual route. Uh, I exited an electronics company, which I worked in for over 25 years up in the northern part here in the United States near New York. And I went out there. I wrote my book, Leader of the Pack, which you see over there. That's me. That's the cover of my book. Um, talks about how I raised five kids as a single dad and grew a business from a million to a hundred million dollars, which I mm. can proudly say now exited that business. And I kind of said to myself when I went out there, you know, I, I've been working a long time, seven days a week kind of thing. I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy myself a little bit and I'm only going to jump into something if it's really amazing, something yeah. that changes the world. I know that sounds like a beauty pageant response, but <laughs> right? I only want, I, I don't want to be sexist. I'll say it. Like a, like a man in a beauty pageant contest. Um, you know, I only want to do things in the world which make the world a better place to live, yeah. okay? But it turned out to be true in my case. I was able to do that and to work on a serious problem like air pollution with technology that exists today, 
not some fantasy environmental thing that'll reduce something by 1% in 30 years from now. We're actually making a huge difference right now. So I, so I left, I exited that company successfully, um, mm -hmm. went out there, did some consulting, speaking, I speak, coaching, wrote my book, did all sorts of things. And this opportunity at Greener came along and it, it's really been a very, very exciting, challenging, but exciting opportunity to learn a new business and uh, take it from there. And it's pretty cool to do something that like that a little bit later in life to completely mm. pivot and change careers, change industries and stuff like that. It can be a little scary at times. So that's where I sit today, um, really running this exciting. We call ourselves a startup, even though we have revenue and we have some contracts to install these things. So mm. that's, that, that's super exciting. And that's something that, you know, we don't even think of. We see ships out on the ocean and these massive liners but my, my thought wasn't even on the pollution that they cause just while they're in, in port. That's something that's brilliant. And like you said, it leaves it for your kids. And I'd, I've loved watching interviews with you in the past as well, where you talk about how leadership is very much like being a parent. You have five kids of your own. And would you just show us or tell us how you relate those two? Because I can see it as a coach. That's the way I see it as well. The business is like a sports team. And it's like a family team, but would you please elaborate? Yeah. So when you, you, you want to take skills that you use at home and use them at work and work skills and use at home. I've always said that I wrote an article many, many years back. It actually was featured on LinkedIn when they had their blogging platform is like the post of the day. Everybody loved it kind of thing. And it talked about what's the difference between great parenting and great leadership. And in the end, the conclusion was there's actually very little. Mm. And in many cases, you want to you want to treat your employees like their family members. Yeah. And in many cases, you want to run your home like a business. Now, as a single parent, when you're managing a company with 100 employees and 100 children or <laughs> brothers and sisters working for you, and you're working at home and you have five employees, I mean, children at home, <laughs> you, in order to make things in order to make things work, you you really have to be organized. Mm. So for me, I, I, I look at the business example and some of the examples I use is how I viewed my staff. For us, the ability to promote from within, the ability to yeah. look at individuals in the company and understand their individual needs. I know it sounds a little cliche, but I'll give you some specific examples. Um, I think was really transformative for our business. Mm. I look back, I think of an example. I had a, um, a young man who was working in our warehouse. He worked in our warehouse. He was like, he started as a line worker, you know, packing packages yeah. on the line in our distribution center. And um, he had been there for quite a while. Eventually he was the assistant warehouse manager. And we were having some issues. I won't say what it is with the warehouse manager. Mm -hmm. So as CEO, I started to become more involved and in paying attention in, in, in the warehouse. Yeah. And this is a person that had no management experience, never managed anything, he was an immigrant. Yeah. Language skills were not amazing. But I watched how the warehouse worked and I realized that he had become a crucial person, both for the warehouse manager yeah. and for the warehouse. Yeah. And when it finally ended, as it should for the warehouse manager, rather than going out and trying to find an experienced warehouse manager, I took a chance on him. Mm. and made him warehouse manager, helped him, guided him. And he grew into the managing one of the largest warehouses in electronics in the entire United States and did it expertly and still does it to this day, even though I've 
left the company since then. Beautiful. I'll tell you another story sort of like that. I had a situation where uh, my finance manager had left the company, just left for whatever reason, left mm. the company, went into the finance department. And I had a young man working in there, been with the company, a similar kind of circumstance, been in there for a while. We actually had ads running for, you know, like to hire a CFO, a financial manager. And I went into the office and I remember this to this day. I'm looking at him and he's sitting there very, very close to the screen, like mm. inches away from the screen. <laughs> and I'm and I'm like, his name is Julian. I'm like, Julian, wh why are you so close to the screen? And I never realized he looked up at me and he has these big glasses on and he goes to me, he goes, because I don't really see the numbers very well. He goes, to be honest with you, I'm legally blind. Ooh. So this was a guy that was working in the company for quite a while that was legally blind. So I'm like, how do you, Julian, how do you, how do you actually do this? Yeah. Because I memorize all the numbers. That's insane. It was insane. And I started to look at him and I realized that he had essentially a photographic memory of, mm. of our accounts, our banks. You ask him what the bank account number, what the deposit was, list the seven checks on the deposit that he knew. It was like amazing. Yeah. So I went into him. I, I thought about it for a little bit. I went in. I said, Nando, you think you can run this department? And he said, Julian, do you think you can run this department? He's like, I don't know. I, I've never run a department. I said, we're going to give you a try. And sure enough, he turned into this amazing financial manager. And yeah. he once again runs to today. I go back to my home circumstance. When what happened to me, if you read my book, Leader of the Pack, you'll find out that the mom walked out on them. Mm. And when the mom walked out on them, I was one confused young father with kids 18 months to eight years old. And these kids were not exactly performing. The house was a mess. They weren't doing their homework. They weren't brushing their teeth. They weren't anything. So... I started, I, after I got over the panic phase, the feeling sorry for myself phase, the I'm running away phase, yeah. I did all of that. I said, okay, we need, exactly, right? We need to get this ship in order, right? Mm -hmm. So you man up, you say, okay, let's tackle a problem. So mm -hmm. you create a, you, you go after the problem and you say, okay, we're all gonna, we're gonna solve the brushing the teeth problem today. Yeah. And you go after and you come up with a strategy for that and you implement that strategy and you make sure the entire team is following that strategy and you don't move to the next one until that team is, yeah. is doing that, you know, and sometimes and, and in terms of and another aspect of sort of looking at work and home, you know, I consider those experiences with those employees very out of the box kind of thinking, right? Mm. You take somebody yeah. who's physically you know, has a physical challenge and you make him head of a department, you figure out how to do that, yeah. right? You figure out what to do with him. I, I think similar things that out of the box thinking at home where you're sort of not just trying to fall into these traditional, this is what you do and so mm. on. One of, my, one of my children was diagnosed with ADHD and they were telling me, give him drugs, you know, give him drugs and give him, mm. like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm just not my style, not my thing. I thought about it, talked to a few people and what I ended up doing with him is I put him in competitive soccer. Yeah. When his mother left, he, he wasn't talking much. He was very depressed. He had this ADHD. He had some issues. I put him in competitive soccer, which he hated. <laughs> forced him to do it for several years. He eventually became very, very good at it. It allowed mm. him, because you can't not talk and communicate when your yeah. coach yells at you, right? Because if you don't, you get to run laps. Yeah. You run laps a few times, you eventually <laughs> start talking. I know yeah, that's you, learn, you learn pretty you quick. Learn to, 
you learn to you learn to to relate yeah. to your teammates. He ended up being a, an amazing soccer player. Was an all state soccer player. Got a college scholarship to play soccer, and his life transformed his life completely. Mm. Not without a rough going. So it's that out of the box thinking of treating each entity like an enterprise, yeah, and really effectuating operations in both and and being caring at the same time right because you mm. love your children and you want to have some love for your staff and your business too and if you apply that sort of tactical military thinking with some love and some care you create a very powerful mm. formula for success both at home and both at work I'd 100 and I'd, i love those stories all three of them have just shown how you can be it's not that dictatorship of leadership and also as you said thinking outside of the box because that's what this is all about. This is all about talking about company culture. And no doubt with the other people that have seen someone from the floor staff picking and packing to working their way up, the, the internal promotions, they would have to lift all of them up. And as you said, they, they had that relationship. They may not have had the paper, the degree, all that formal training, but they've got that relationship to really lift that whole team up. Right. And they've worked hard in that business from, mm. the, from, from sometimes a very entry level. And I'll tell you something else about leadership, and I'll, I'll say it with a, a caveat. You know, if you're running a big company, it's a little more complicated to do this. You know, you have a company mm. with 500 employees, 1,000, whatever, a little yeah. bit complicated. But in my company, you know, we were a company at our biggest, about 120 employees. I put myself in a position that there was essentially no job in that company that I couldn't do as well. Yeah. as somebody working on the floor and when somebody was missing i would do that i would step in and help yeah and i think from an entrepreneur's perspective and a leader of a small or small to medium-sized business being able to demonstrate that leadership quality was extremely important mm. how did i know that guy was really good on the warehouse line because when the warehouse manager had to be relieved I walked down into the warehouse and started managing the warehouse and packing packages and loading trucks and making sure the orders got out and started mm. watching what was going on in the warehouse. Yeah. And much to the staff's amazement, they could realize that I could pack a package better and faster than most <laughs> of the people because I've been doing it long before they even heard of our company. Yeah. So I think that that confidence and that willingness to sort of roll up your sleeves, to use a cliche, and do any job and do it as well, not only mm. does it set an example for morale in the company, but it also shows people that their job is valuable. Yeah. But as a leader, it also lets you know about the process and whether it's working well or not. Mm. And like you said, being there shoulder to shoulder with them, you got to see how they would work, how they'd work both individually and as a team, and then be able to promote the person that's appropriate for it. Not just like a game of checkers, not just promoting a person because they've been there the longest. Yeah, and I think that um, the staff really appreciates that. Mm. It sets a standard so that they know that if they perform really well, it's not just yeah. about politics or who's there the longest or who's the favorite. Yeah. I promote people based on their performance and their ability. Yeah, and I think that that sometimes is very difficult because it can create hard feelings for the people that have been there the longest. But that also could be a, have a little tough moment right now. That may yeah. be a sign you need to let those people go. So yeah. They've been there the longest and they're not the best. That might be a sign that you need to be tough as a leader and do something yeah. different. Well, there's times where, like you, well, you've shown the soft side of it, but as a leader, 
there are times when you do have to be tough and strong and firm. And that all comes down to, you mentioned the word a couple of times, confidence, having confidence in yourself and in your actions. I think confidence as, as a leader, I think confidence and kindness as a leader mm. are the most valuable commodities that you can have to inspire your staff. There, yes. There's a tweet, a quote, you can get me right. Confidence and kindness are the most inspiring characters, characteristics you can have as a, to be an effective leader. And confidence, if you're not sure you're going to be successful, if you're not sure in the direction of the company, how do you expect your staff to be? Mm, and if you're not kind to your employees, and don't confuse kindness with weakness, they're separate. Mm, they're 100%. completely separate. Yeah. Separate. In fact, showing weakness to your staff and not doing the right thing actually is terrible for morale. Mm. You know, when you have a, an employee that's causing problems or not performing and you let that employee go, or you there's a process in the company, it doesn't even have to be that employee, that everybody knows is not working and yet somehow you allow it. To me, that everyone. really just is a morale killer yeah. and just lowers the entire level and expectation of the company. So having yeah. confidence and having the ability to pivot and do all of it, make those changes and to be tough, but kind is really important. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that, that leads me perfectly into the next question where like, cause that would go into a bad company culture. So, and that's with a leader that's not confident, that's weak, that just allows things to get negative. And as, as you know, no doubt negativity grows, but then on the flip side, positive, if you, if you really help and promote people, the positivity grows. So what's a couple of little things that you've noticed that maybe creates a bad culture? And on the flip side, that helps cultivate and grow a good culture in the company? Yeah, I think the first thing that comes to mind is allowing bad behavior to go unchecked. Mm. To me, that, and, and bad behavior can come in the form of poor performance, not getting along with employees, allowing employees that are performing well to violate rules yeah. that can happen. Yeah. And they conversely, right. You just sort of, well, you know, everybody knows that they pack the most packages, they sell the most widgets, they do whatever. So mm. they can come in late. They can, you know, take too long for lunch. Yeah. They don't have to fill out the forms that the second you allow that to happen, playing favorites in a company, these are all things which are extremely bad for morale, allowing Vendors allowing customers to take advantage of employees. Mm. This is something yeah. that is very tough as a leader and particularly in a business. We were in retail business and also we had B2B customers. And if you stand up for your employees when they are put in a bad position or an unfair position, I can't tell you the effect that that yeah. has on morale, for right? Sure. That kind of thing, when you stand up, like I've had female employees work in my retail store. And I mean, it's happened to male employees too, but it's it happened to female employees in particular where somebody comes in and acts inappropriately with them. Mm. In my company, there was an open door. They knew they could come to me and I would go to the customer and we would have a discussion in the store. Mm. And that usually resulted in that customer apologizing to the employee. And you know, when you do it in a very, a very, um, coordinated or very proper way it yeah, actually can tactful. make the customer happy too you yeah. actually even though the i mean unless the customer is a little messed up 
Okay, but then you don't want them in your store. In yeah. fact, you want to tell them to go to your competitor's store. But that's mm. a whole different business strategy. Now, from a positive perspective, employees must be noticed when they are doing well. Mm. To me, this is rule number one of positive employee management and positive morale and boosting productivity. If employees are recognized for achievement and loyalty, mm. they will do essentially anything for you and the company. Yeah, And they Help have to believe beyond. that you notice when that happens. So when an employee does something exceptional or even performs their job, it's sort of at top performance, they need to be recognized. Mm. And that alone will drive a very, very high morale in the company. Yeah. It also sets a bar for other employees. And if you have other, it also calls out employees that are not performing because yeah. if they complain about a better performing, getting rec better performer, getting recognition, you probably need to get rid of them too. Yeah. So that, that's just like tick, 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 tick. Yeah. And with that as well, like I know in companies that I've spoken to and that I've coached as well, where so often they let good, good activities like completed projects go by unannounced or newly acquired contracts or just people that are going above and beyond. They just let it slide. Whereas it's so easy to give recognition, both public recognition and personal, that one-on-one -on -one that my, my God, Matt, you're, thank you very much. You're doing such an exceptional job. Keep it up. I, I see what you're doing and you're going above and beyond. That just That's pays right. off on so many different levels. You know, and running contests with employees are really important. Let them compete with each other. Yeah. I think that's Healthy a really, really excellent way of building morale and getting, getting, you know, and buying them lunch. I used to take my employees to lunch all the time or buy them lunch. Sometimes yeah. a little gesture like that really goes a long way, really mm. a long way. Recognizing personal um, accomplishments in their life. They get married. They have a child. They win an award. They do something. So, and continuous training of staff is really important. Good employees, good staff really want to be knowledgeable. They really want to yeah. be trained. Yeah. And it's those good staff as well. They're very few and far between of the ones that really want to, you want to keep in the business. So you sort of do what you can to recognize them. Go above and beyond, like you said, with those personal touches, with a birthday, with a marriage, with some significant event in their life, just to be present there with them. I agree completely. Yeah. You want to be like a family member. Yeah. Well, it back goes to back to goes back to that again. You know, you've heard this. This is a little bit cliche again, but it's one of those things. People spend sometimes more time at work than they do at home. Mm. And from from my background as sport as well, where and it's the same as in family. If people know that you love and appreciate them, they're going they're willing to do more, stay for longer, do harder than if you're just an associate. Like, and I, I like the fact of the healthy competition because I'm a competitive guy in everything I do. I don't try and get, and especially when there's competition involved, I'm going to go above and beyond to do that, to not just push myself, but also push my mates around me to do that little bit extra. Of course, of course. Uh, you know, leaders are competitive. We yeah. want to have the best company. We <laughs> want to have the best staff. We want to make the most sales. We want to, we want, we want, we want, and we're yeah. willing to work very hard to do that. You know, um, I always joke entrepreneurs like us, we work 80 hours a week, so we don't have to work 40. You know, <laughs> so true. So true. But then it pays dividends as well. And one thing that I like to do is coming from the ground up is basically showing other people that it's possible that if I can do it, 
they can do it. All they have to do is put in the work and I've, I've created a little track for them to follow. So just follow the same track. Yeah, I agree completely. You know, lead by example, mm. work hard, work tirelessly and ask yourself the following question, which I always ask myself, which is how badly do you want it? Yeah. Because if you want something badly enough, you're going to do anything and everything in your power to make it happen. A hundred percent. And that sort of goes in because I'm conscious of the time because I just get so carried away with these podcasts, just speaking to you, learning from you. And I'm sure the listeners will agree as well. They're learning from the people that have been there, done that and still doing it. It's something magical about it. But what would you give, what's three pieces of advice you'd give to a 15 year old you? Now, not, not what advice would you give to your kids? Because obviously, you know, your kids, they go, that's just dad. I'm not going to listen to them. I get that from my 11 year old, let alone 15 year old. But what advice would you give to a 15 year old, Matt? Okay. Advice number one, work hard. Mm. Don't be fooled by um, watching social media, TikTok, and think that you're going to create a TikTok account and that's yeah. going to provide you with income the rest of your life. And you're going to have pretty boys and girls all flocking around you. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, happen. That, that's not going to happen. Mm. Number two, keep yourself in really good physical condition because when you're 15 years old, you can get away with a lot of stuff. But mm. as you get older, your physical strength, your physical health, and this is a very hard thing, but it's something I like to tell young people. So it sticks in the back of their mind. They remember Matt told them that your physical conditioning is the foundation for emotional and mental strength. If you're physically weak, yeah. you think of a sporting event, right? What happens in a sporting event? The team that becomes physically tired first starts making mental mistakes. Yes. They commit a penalty. They do whatever. They don't necessarily get outplayed. They, that's mm. not what happens. They just get tired. Their alert level drops and they yeah. start making mistakes. And that 100%. happens in real life. So to make sure to take care of yourself, which mm. means you sleep, you eat, you do all of those things and you start those habits early and they're going to actually lead yourself, lead you to success. Yeah, 100%. And I, I love that with my background being with sports. And like you said, keep yourself physically strong. That also leads to mental strength. That leads to confidence. And there's so many benefits that just stockpile on top of that. When I coach men, I coach CEOs. One of the biggest problems I face is their poor physical conditioning. Yeah. And they become lethargic. They just they become uh, lethargic and they lose yeah. confidence and they just not strong. Yeah. They tire easily. And then when stress comes, oh my gosh, they'll yeah. fall apart. Yeah. That's where psh, things That's right. Where explode. it really falls apart. Mm. That's right. And the third thing I'll tell somebody as young is find your passion. Yeah. That's what you should focus on. You should focus fine because you're young now. Now's the time to find the thing that you're going to say, I, I, I'm, I'm, I have a job, I'm working, but it's really not work because I love what I do. Yeah. And that should be their, their goal to do yeah. that. So don't get stuck. Don't just go for the easy money. Mm. Oh, I got an opportunity and I can, I can sell, I, I got in and I can sell, you know, insurance for this company and I'm going to make enough money. I'm going to have my own apartment. I'm going to be able to do all of this and all of that, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's not what you should do. Your goal should be to find that passion because believe me, you'll go sell insurance or you'll go do something like that and you will turn around and be 37 and be what the hell happens. Yeah. In the blink of an eye. In the blink of an eye. And I, I think it's funny with that as well. 
you know, when when we're growing up, we hear people say that, go, you're going to be this age before you know it. And the scary thing is we're that age. And that's one thing that I've been lucky enough to do is, yes, it might be less paying. It might be to start off with. It's less paying. It's all these things. But if it's a passion that you have, again, that that makes the working hard easy because you're willing to go above and beyond research study putting the time and effort to keep moving forward and try things right when mm. you're 15 you need to try things don't get stuck yeah do not get stuck keep going at it find your passion it'll make oh, all definitely. the difference in your success 100 percent. and with that matt i think the listeners have got a lot from this and i don't want to hold you up i know you're a very busy man but i do want to thank you so much for being a part of this podcast no, thanks for having me. I love the energy of this podcast. If we lived near each other, I have a feeling we'd be arm wrestling every day. And that's what I used to do. I used to do arm yeah, wrestling right. as well. Yeah, yeah, see, that's right. I sensed it, right? You see, <laughs> God gave me that talent. Is that I didn't know that about you, but I can see. Isn't that amazing? I knew that, right? It's all I part of it from it. the screen. You see, but you're young and I'm older, so I get a handicap, right? I get to use two hands. Oh, okay? <laughs> Okay, we'll we'll do it. When I'm over there. Wait, I don't we'll know. Do I might still lose. Then I'll be really embarrassed. Okay. <laughs> we just this won't is... tell people about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A pleasure. Thanks for thanks for having me. And any of your listeners can reach out to me. I always answer. If people reach out to me on social media, go to my website, mswewood.com or at mswewood on social media. Look up greener process systems, whatever. Reach out to me. I'll gladly answer questions or just talk. Beautiful. And what's the best platform for them to reach you on? Facebook, LinkedIn? Everywhere. Anyone. I am everywhere. If they just type Matt Sweetwood or M Sweetwood, I have that handle everywhere. They'll find me. Beautiful. The perfect man to reach out for and connect with. Thank you very much, Matt. Thanks for having me again. so much for listening to the dynamic company culture spotlight podcast if you're a successful chief operations officer human resource manager or someone that runs a successful business that also has a great company culture and you believe that you have a story to share with the wider community and would like to be a guest on a future podcast please visit the link below or if you can think of anyone who you know would be a brilliant guest on this podcast tag them in and as always, feel free to share this far and wide. The further we can get this podcast, the more impact we can have. So don't forget to share this on all social media platforms and help others along the way. Don't forget to tag the DCCS podcast as I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. As we post regularly, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss episodes that will possibly help your business ramp up to a whole nother level. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to helping us get recognized and to promote the show. And they mean a lot to my team and I. If you want to know more, go to our website, www.phenomleap.com.au, P-H-E-N-O-M-L-E-A-P.com.au, or follow me on LinkedIn, and feel free to message me there. Thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to giving you more tips on next week's episode.